Yes, everyone. Uh, this is your host, Ryan Coyle. Uh, today, I'm joined alongside first-time guest, Tyler Gurman, also known as Gurm, and we're going to be discussing some uh, some NFL draft recap and kind of looking forward to next season and what could what could potentially be happening with uh, most of the offseason out of the way now in terms of free agency and the drafts. A lot of the big moves have already happened. There'll be some smaller things as time goes on, but... Gurm, we're going to start it off with um, who do you think was the winner of the draft this year? Um, um, I, definitely I definitely think the think Ravens, as much as I don't want to say it. Um, when you look at what they already have, like Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, a lot of that defense, um, like they had a lot of pieces. And when you look across like their entire draft board, it took, I couldn't even tell you how many different positions, but I especially like uh, – Patrick Queen, um, they they didn't have a lot on the at the linebacker position. That was one thing from, you know, being a Steelers fan when watching them twice a year. That was like one part that they lacked, and they got a big, big, big linebacker that will definitely be able to help them right away. Um, and they got J.K. Dobbins, you know, that adds to a a rushing attack that was already one of the top in the league. But you know, with Mark Ingram getting a little bit older, stuff like that. You know, he's going to need – this will give him a chance to get some more plays off. And J.K. Dobbins is very, I think, in a way, similar type of player. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He, he runs hard, you know, with pads low and stuff like that. Um, then they also took uh, Devin DuVernay, I think it was second round. Third round. Second, third round. And, um, you know, that's just another – their passing their passing core was pretty good too. And when Lamar was hitting them, so – you know, it's just they added so many pieces to a team that was already good. Um, another winner I thought was the Broncos. You know, it was they're in kind of rebuild mode, but I think after this draft, especially uh, maybe not this year, but next year, I think they're going to be really ready to make a big jump. Yeah, I really like. I agree. The when we were doing this, I kind of the Ravens were kind of my team, and I saw you had them as your winner, but I really liked. What they did, uh, Patrick Queen, I think he helps fill that hole left by C.J. Mosley last year in free agency. J.K. Dobbins, just another runner to add, and especially a team that runs the ball as much as they do. You had a guy like Dobbins who, with Jackson and with Ingram, lessen the load for all of them, so that'll be good, especially come come playoff time. But for my winner, um, I had the Cowboys. Uh, I think at pick 17, they got great value in C.D. Lamb. That'll give them probably the best. Them and the Saints, I think, are having going to have the best offense in the NFC now, at least on paper, just because of all the weapons Dak Prescott has at his disposal. Um, in the second round, I think they got a first-round talent in Trayvon Diggs at corner who he can slide in where uh, Byron Jones left in free agency, so they had to need a corner there he can slide in. And they build up front, too, I think, uh, in their defensive line and their pass rush. They got a few late to mid-round guys that were – are going to be some productive players and guys who are going to get impact minutes for them right away. And I love their, um, I think they picked the future center of the Dallas Cowboys, Tyler Biadas or Biadash. I forget how you say his name, but from Wisconsin, he was a guy coming into the season was a first round pick in many mocks and kind of fell down some boards because of some injuries and some concerns, but he's a high talent guy. And with Travis Frederick, former Wisconsin center retiring this off season from Dallas, they had that need open up, and he's a guy I think who can start 
from day one, and as a fourth-round pick, that's some great value. So as much as I hate to say it about the Cowboys, as much as you hated to say it about the Ravens, I think they had two of the better drafts, two of the better drafts this year. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Cowboys were big. What were you saying? What's up? What were you saying? You cut out a little bit. Oh, I didn't say anything. Uh, but uh, we can move yeah, on now. to our next thing now where we're talking about who do you think the loser of the draft was? For me, this was an easy one. I said the Green Bay Packers. Um, personally, I don't think I didn't think they needed to take the court the quarterback at all, uh, Jordan Love. I mean, like I can kind of see what, like why they did it. You know, Aaron Rodgers is getting old, but he's not he's not that old. If it, like if that makes sense, like he's he's probably like still got years and, and 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 past end of prime, if not like a little bit past his prime. But quarterbacks in this league, when they have a good offensive line, can go long past like their prime if you know yeah. what I mean and like they they needed a lot more like other than um I can't even think of his name right now um oh geez the wide receiver um uh, Adams? yeah Devontae Adams they didn't like they don't have anything else anything else really they got rid of uh Jimmy Graham so I mean like they had no offensive weapons and in such a big wide receiver draft I definitely think they could have taken a way like I think I definitely think they could have used their first round pick a lot better than they did. Yeah. They I mean looking at how they built the roster before when they had Brett Favre and when they kind of picked Aaron Rodgers and let him sit behind a few years for Favre that I guess that's what they're thinking is with this but yeah. But they're a team that they went to the NFC title game, so they're one game away from the Super Bowl, and you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who I was surprised to hear this stat during the draft that the Packers haven't picked a first-round skill player since Aaron Rodgers, and that was in 2004, so 16 years now where they haven't invested a first-round pick on offense other than the line into into uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I think a franchise quarterback like him is going to be upset. I mean, they had the it was one of the deepest wide receiver drafts ever most of the scouts said and they didn't take one so they're they're a team that is in win now mode can maybe get over the top if they got some more help on offense they already have a pretty strong defense but they ignored a lot of those uh areas of need and that kind of brings me into my loser who i had as the patriots who are but at the same time i'm thinking they're i think they're a loser for this draft but looking forward to next season, it, what they did in this draft yeah. might have helped them because I could see them definitely not like tanking because I don't think a Bill Belichick team could do that, but somewhere between like five, six wins and use like some draft capital to maybe trade up and get a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in the draft next year because they didn't take a quarterback here. They took no wide receivers. They took two tight ends in like the mid-round who were – looked at like as average prospects, maybe late picks, and they kind of took them ahead. But they might be building up the tight end spot for their future quarterback. And they took some players on defense. They're kind of building that up. And then hopefully uh, they can find their Tom Brady successor in the draft next year. I think that might have been their strategy. But I didn't see them getting any real difference makers, kind of just some role players. But that could be all part of the plan up in New England. 
Yeah, I mean, and they're they're definitely gonna have a fight. I think, um, you know, the Jaguars kind of did very similar to that same thing. You know, trading away Foles, not taking a quarterback. They traded away a bunch of different stuff away defensively too. When mm-hmm. two two years ago, probably that defense was the best was the best in the NFL. So yeah, I think, and uh, I mean, I definitely think. I don't know. I think I agree. I don't think a Belichick team could tank, but I think it could definitely be something like along those lines where they kind of accept defeat this year where they know like, okay, we might not be, you know, Super Bowl contenders, but we have to be okay with it for one season and kind of focus on next year's draft, maybe develop a few guys this year and then go from there. It kind of reminds me of, um, I think you can look at it how, the Warriors are in basketball kind of like one down year and then it kind of sets them back up to reload. I mean, as of right now, with the NBA season in, in delay, the the Warriors are projected to be have the first overall pick. So, I mean, and, and next year they're going to be getting back Steph and Clay, and they'll have Draymond and they got Wiggins now and they'll probably have the number one pick. So, I mean, that's kind of a way that you can look at it with the Patriots where – They'll be back real soon. They just kind of might need a, a season in delay to get back to where they want. But uh, we're going to move on from that. Who was your favorite pick slash, I also threw this in there, undrafted free agent pickup of the draft? Um, I was actually, I was scrolling through some of the undrafted free agents. I didn't really see any that really like stood out in my eye. I think there could be like a few guys, and like none specific that I think are going to, that, like might do like great things i mean there i'm sure there'll be probably like 10 10 to 15 guys like we look at three years from now say like oh my god that guy's pretty good and turns out he was undrafted but um one that really stuck out was tristan uh tristan 13th pick to the bucks um i was looking at a stat and uh they had two they weren't all pro, but they were all pro caliber O-line, O-linemen. And um, the rest of it wasn't very – like, the rest of their O-line wasn't very good. I think they were, they were like, ranked, like, mid, middle of the pack after the end of the 2019 season. And I think with, like, using that first-round pick on – I think – I'm pretty sure he plays – I think they said he might play right tackle. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, like – that was the one thing that was, like, their big downfall. And I think if you sit him on that left side – I think it'll really help as far as you know having an older quarterback like Tom Brady and who can who sits back who sits him back in the pocket doesn't scramble stuff like that. I think that are, that's really going to help them to try to be able to succeed, especially now when you look at Gronk coming back. They already had Jordan Howard, and they they actually have a lot of weapons that might, people might not think about. You yeah. know that O line is very important because you know when Brady gets back there and he's got a guy over the middle, he's going to hit it as long as he's protected. So yeah. that, that was one of my that was probably my, one of my favorite picks. I think that was great value too of picking him where they did at at thirteen. Considering most mock drafts had Worfs at four to the Giants, so a great value pick there. And I think he's the best lineman in the draft. And the the O line was definitely the weakest part of that Bucks roster. But my pick was actually an undrafted free agent, uh, running back J.J. Taylor from Arizona. He actually wound up signing with the Patriots, and I think he's a perfect Patriots-style running back, a running back who is can catch the ball out of the backfield and can also make some dangerous runs to the outside, kind of like in James White style. 
Uh, he he's a he's very small back though. This is probably the reason why he went undrafted. He's like five 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 six, but he's got that Darren Sproles style of play where he's explosive, he's versatile. You could make him return kicks, punts, and I think he's a perfect Patriots player, especially in their backfield with the rotations. And you keep him fresh, and you throw him out there in the third quarter when the defense is getting tired, and he's going to burst off a big explosive play. I think he fell into a perfect situation. I was shocked that he didn't get drafted. A team like the Dolphins, who had like 14 picks and are looking to add more picks to their or more uh, potential players to the roster. I thought maybe he's a guy they would take a chance on or even a spot where I could see him working out would be like the Saints. But no one took a shot on him. I think he's one of the guys that will look back and teams are going to regret that. And his explosive playmaking is kind of rare to find in the NFL. And he could be a player, I think. And I think he fell into a great spot with the Patriots. Yeah, definitely. Uh, after like when when I was looking at it yesterday and I saw his name, I looked him up a little bit. And I definitely I like I I agree. I think like that James White, Darren Sproles type of player, and especially with what's going to be a very um, unexperienced quarterback, you're going to be seeing a lot of checkdowns from whoever ends up getting the starting job, most likely from the Patriots. And you know when a lot of those checkdowns happen, you know that you're going to need a lot more running backs than just one or two at that point because they're going to be catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball and pass blocking. So mm-hmm. they're going to need more than just like one or two. So he's going to, he, I think he's in a great spot to be able to try to make a name for himself for sure. All right. We're going to move on to a new segment where we put uh position players uh, in the same position, but are di- on different teams. Uh, so who do you think is going to have a better rookie season this segment is? So we'll start off with the quarterback. We'll go, who do you think is going to have a better rookie season, Joe Burrow with the Bengals or Tua with the Dolphins? Um, I said Joe Burrow. Um, I think, honestly, when I look at them both, I think they're both going to – from a Burrow standpoint, you know, being an AFC North, like being a Steelers fan, like I, wa- I watch – a lot of the AFC North, obviously, and just about every defense in the AFC North is good. So he's going to have, he's definitely going to have like his struggles. But I think when you look at the Dolphins conference and that conference too, that, that, uh, that those defenses are overall also pretty good. But when you look at the weapons that Burrow has, when you have Joe Mixon, AJ Green, you know, you, um, um, there's one more too, uh, Tyler Boyd, um, you know, you look at those guys, he's got a lot of weapons that were kind of handed to him. And they're not young. They're not that – I mean, they're young, but they have experience in the league already too. So I think for a young quarterback, he kind of got put into a great position to at least have a chance at success. I hope he doesn't from a Steelers fan standpoint. But, you know, but, I mean, I definitely think out of the two, he's definitely got – he's set up to succeed earlier. I think to a maybe down the road, like we were saying before, that – um I think he could maybe do some do some things better as the Dolphins continue to draft. But I think right now and in the next few years, I think Burrow's set up to have a better better first few seasons and rookie season. Yeah, I like Burrow too. Just for this season, um, I think he's got better protection. The Bengals have an improving offensive line and like you were saying, better weapons. But the one thing is, they kind of have an unproven head coach with Zach Taylor. He couldn't really yeah couldn't really judge him last year based off of what uh he had at his disposal with all the injuries and inconsistent play so that's to be determined and 
Joe Burrow had a great year last year and under their LSU's new offensive coordinator and the year before he's where he kind of struggled so and he they when they didn't really have a pass happy first offense so we kind of um, intrigued to see how how he slides into playing quarterback in the NFL in a new system again but I think he's better suited to play well this year but I like Tua better in the long term just as the Dolphins continue to build down there I think they're building a, a good team and as long as Tua gets better protection and some more weapons, I think he's going to be uh, the better long-term quarterback. And I also don't know how much Tua's going to play at the beginning of the year because they might be cautious with his hip. And yeah. they have Ryan Fitzpatrick down there who's a solid enough player who you can trust for a few games. And I think Burrow will start from game one, so he'll kind of have the upper leg there. Yeah, for sure. So we'll move on to uh, two receivers next. Uh Henry Ruggs with the Raiders or Jerry Judy with the Broncos? Both the the first and second receivers picked, and both are from Alabama. Um, my pick was Jerry Judy. Um, not that I don't think Henry Ruggs won't have a good season. I definitely think he's going to, for sure, um, especially with uh, John Gruden in that offense. But when you look at all the weapons that they have, like the Broncos I'm talking about right now, like that they have, you know, you look at Cortland Sutton, you know, he, he made himself like he turned himself kind of into a number one receiver. And when you look at those, and then you take him, you take Judy, and then you take uh, KJ Hamler. When you take those three guys, put them on the field at once. Really, I think you have a mismatch as far as speed kind of all over the place. But at least, in my opinion, in the beginning of the season, you're going to have Cortland Sutton taking some of those double teams. And because they don't want him to get the ball. And then when that happens, you're going to get Judy, who's going to, who's a good route runner. He's got a lot of speed. You know, you'll get him in one-on-one coverage. And a lot of times when that happens, regardless of how good the corner can be, the receiver usually ends up getting upper hand in the end. And I think that's where I think he's going to be able to take off is because there's going to be a lot of focus taken away off of him because of Sutton. And that's where he's really going to, explode kind of in a similar way a few years ago with Juju Smith-Schuster when you look at Antonio Brown how good he was obviously it's not the same Cortland Sutton's not Antonio Brown but a very very similar way you know AB took all those double teams with him and then Juju got one-on-one coverage and that's where he kind of took his like took those one-on-ones and he exploded off of those yeah I like all the points you made on Judy but my pick was actually Ruggs just um, kind of going off of what you said, I agree with like the double teams and stuff, but with Ruggs going to the Raiders, I think he's going to be their wide receiver one from from day one, and he's going to get the most attention from Derek Carr or Mariota, who's ever playing quarterback. And I like the offensive system and offensive coach they have with John Gruden compared to Vic Fangio up in up in Denver. He's kind of a defense. He's a defensive minded guy, so he's not as good when it comes to scheming guys open stuff like that. I know he doesn't really do much with the offense. He's primarily defensive coach, but with an offensive mastermind like John Gruden, he's going to find creative ways to get Henry Ruggs the ball, whether it's even running it or just straight fly routes. And hopefully he can develop more as an overall route runner and player, but I think he's going to be dangerous. And you've got guys like they have Darren Waller at tight end, who's a very underrated player. you got Hunter Renfro. you got Josh Jacobs. So you got other offensive weapons to take the attention off and you got Tyra Williams on the other side who can go deep as well so I think Ruggs is set up to be the number one uh wide out down there 
but he's got so many other guys that take the attention away from him. And, and I feel like John Gruden, especially Megan Ruggs, a first-round pick, he's going to uh, find every possible way to get him the ball. Yeah, I mean, this one was a tough one. I Like I said, I don't think Ruggs is going to have a bad season. Like, I think if you take if you put them both side by side, I think when you look at the wide receiver position at the end of the year, I think both of those guys are going to have overall good seasons. It just kind of depend on what you look at, and that's why I was that's what I was looking at was the double the double coverage, and then you know Judy gets that one on one coverage, and who and I think he'll take advantage of those one on ones. All right, we're gonna move on to two running backs next: uh, DeAndre Swift with the Lions or Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. This one was another close one. Um, I think I went with Swift. Um, Mainly because when you when you watch the Lions last year, they didn't really have that much production from the running back position. So I think when you when he walks in there to camp, he's going to be the guy that's probably going to get the starting role. Kind of like you were saying with Ruggs with the wide receiver one. I think he's going to get the start week one, and um, you know he kind of he brings every asset that is an is a typical running back in the NFL, and I think he'll succeed pretty well because of it you know you have Matt Stafford who's an experienced quarterback and I think it was 2018 when I was looking um he was one he was like top five in the NFL in his completions in uh play action and we know a lot of times now in the play action and it's not always to the wide receiver it's always a lot of dump downs and stuff like that so I think and with his speed and his pass catching ability, I think he's going to succeed that way. And also when you look at him running the ball, watching him from Georgia, he was one of those guys that, you know, he had the he had the juke moves and the spins when he needed it to. But he also hit the hole hard as well. Kind of like I, I kind of similar uh, make him similar to Saquon. I don't think he's on the same level, but he's the same style player. He's got that power when he needs it. And he also has the the wiggle when he needs it to. Um, one thing I think that could be a downfall for him, though, where when you look at the comparison, I think Jonathan Taylor might like could win this in the upper hand is because of his O-line. Lions' O-line isn't it's not terrible, but it's not great. You know, they have, like, some good pieces, but they also obviously have some, some not-so-good pieces also. So I think if the O-line shows out this year for him, I think he wins this one. If they don't, then I think it's a, it's going to be a loss for him. Yeah, I really like Swift. I mean, I think he should have been the first round, the first running back off the board. I just don't really like I just don't like the situation that much in Detroit just cuz all throughout Matt Stafford's career, they haven't really ever committed to the running game and I think in the NFL now committing to the running game is a big part of team success when you look I like the Ravens last year or even like the Chiefs. They still found ways to spread the ball around in the backfield and establish the run. And the Saints, yeah. especially as Drew Brees has grown old, have become a run-heavy team. So, I mean, it really is still a passing league. You're going to win with a great quarterback. But the Lions' inability to commit to the running game, I think, is going to hurt Swift. So that's why I took Taylor. Uh, I think he's just in a better situation running behind a great offensive line with a bunch of f- former first-round picks. And he's got an older QB in Phillip Rivers who's going to rely on the running game a lot. I feel like Rivers is in there because he can make plays, but he's also going to be kind of a reliable guy, more of the veteran where he's going to know how to audible. He's going to know how to get his teams into the right plays. And Phillip Rivers is a great 
quarterback when it comes to that, I think, and ad-libbing, stuff like that. So Rivers is going to be great off play action and uh, after establishing the run. Frank Reich's a great offensive coach, and they're going to use Taylor Heavy, I think, when it comes to establishing the running game and letting him uh, open it up kind of for Rivers and the passing attack with T.Y. Hilton. They just drafted Michael Pittman Jr., so... That's a team who I think could be a dark horse Super Bowl team uh, down in Indy. They were very good the past few years. And, I mean, with luck, they were very good. I mean, last year they kind of had the, a bad year with Jacoby Brissett quarterbacking. But now that they got Rivers and you can use him with Taylor, they also got Marlon Mack in that backfield. So it's not all going to be on Taylor. He's going to be able to stay fresh. And Rivers is a quarterback who's p- played with guys like Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, LaDainian Tomlinson, who are good when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So look for Taylor to get some get some catches in there to even up his stock even more going forward, I think. Yeah, I, d- I agree. I mean, like I, like I said, this one was a tough one for me. When I was looking at them both, they both have, they both have things that are going to be well for them you know I definitely I like your point about Philip Rivers as well as far as the play action goes I think both of them are going to get good play as far as out of the play action but I, I do agree with you about the the rush attack when you look at the Lions they definitely don't have that but I'm hope but from like with Swift I'm hoping that you know that's something that maybe he can bring because you know they haven't had that that great running back in mm-hmm. quite some time. I think that maybe there's a chance, and and that's why I think maybe he could he could he wins this battle is, you know, if that O line holds up, maybe he does you know establish the rushing attack that they haven't had in a while, and that's what you know puts them to the next level where they haven't been over the past few years. Yeah. So next we're gonna move on to two more receivers, uh, Jalen Rager with the Eagles or Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Um, I said Justin Jefferson. Um, when you look at the Vikings getting rid of Stephon Diggs, you know, he uh, he fits perfectly. He's very similar to a Stephon Diggs style player. You know, he's got he's got that speed, you know, things in that things of that nature. But, um, you know, when you also look at Rieger with the Eagles, he's going to get one thing Justin Jefferson's going to get is, I think, more consistency, you know. Carson Wentz over the past few years hasn't um, necessarily stayed healthy. So there's a good chance he could go down. And then, you know, Rieger's trying to get new, get you, not only is he a rookie, but he's, then he's trying to, you know, try to get used to playing with another quarterback where I think, you know, you're going to get more consistent play out of the quarterback, out of the quarterback position with the Vikings. And I think he's going to get, more targets to the Vikings. You know, they like to run the ball, but they also usually when they throw it, throw it of either Adam Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs in the past. And I think with him getting that other side, other side of the field, you know, he's going to be able to make some noise. Yeah, I had Jefferson too, mainly for the reason you said. Um, and I think, I don't know how much Rager is going to play immediately in Philadelphia where I think Jefferson's more pro-ready and he's going to slide right into that void left by Diggs. And Carson Wentz, when he is on the field, he loves the tight ends, as we've seen with Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. So those two get the majority of the attention from him. Um, With Miles Sanders and Boston Scott becoming threats out of the backfield, they're going to be getting targets. And then if you got a healthy Deshaun Jackson, he's going to play – 
if Alshon Jeffrey's still on the team, if they don't get rid of him, he's going to play with his cap number. When he's healthy, he's still a productive receiver. And they traded for Marquise Goodwin, too. And they drafted two other rookie receivers. So the Eagles, I mean, coming into the – they have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward as well competing for roster spot and targets. So the Eagles, I think, have more competition kind of with Rager where I think he's going to definitely have his fair share of explosive plays. But I could see him having like a rookie year where it's like 45 to 50 catches for like 600 yards and like three or four touchdowns. But he could be productive on like kicker punt returns as well. When it comes to Jefferson, I think he's going to see his fair share of in between 60, 75 catches, something like that, and like 100 targets and establish himself as a great possession receiver. But I think Rager's got some more long-term potential and he can be the more overall explosive player, I guess. But I think just based off of rookie season, I think Justin Jefferson is a is a better pick just because I feel like you know what you're getting with him more than you do with Rager. So yeah, I, I like all those points. We'll move on to our last one of this segment. And we got a player we were talking about a little bit earlier, J.K. Dobbins with the Ravens or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the Chiefs. Um, my pick was Clyde Edwards Hilaire with the Chiefs. You know, when you look at the way that team played last year, they utilized every running back pretty much in their arsenal, and I think that's a great fit for him. Um, you know, he's a he's a pass catcher. He's got the speed, but he's also got some power. And I think, you know, with a pass happy a pass happy offense, and he's more of like a pass catcher back. I think it, I think he fits perfectly with that. You know. Um, I'm pretty. I don't know how really how his pass blocking is. I think maybe that could hurt him, but you know, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities to see the field, and you know, like when he, I think he's got more. He's going to get some more chances than Dobbins might, because overall, Ingram's going to get more carries. You know, Dobbins is going to get his touches to relieve Ingram, but he's not going to get the bulk. And I think with the way the Chiefs kind of spread out their touches, I think. Hilaire is going to get more overall in the course of the season. I think that's why he's going to, you know, shine better than Dobbins in his rookie year, just because of the way he's going to get used. Yeah, I agree. My pick was Edwards Hilaire as well, but I'll touch on kind of Dobbins first. So I think the Ravens are just going to try and keep as many fresh people in their backfield as they can. Um, if they're a team who's going to run the ball 30 times a game and you give a, a three-way split with, 10 to Jackson, 10 to Ingram, and 10 to Dobbins, and you're winning games like that, I feel like that's a formula they'll continue to use as the season goes on and ensures to keep guys fresh, where, on the other hand, Damian Williams was kind of the guy last year with the Chiefs, and LaShawn McCoy hopped in there as well, but down the stretch, it was a lot of Williams, and they they would incorporate some other guys here and there, but I feel like Edwards Hilaire's more suited to play all three downs. I feel like he's just a great fit there. It was a pick where I'm kind of mad at myself for not predicting because, like, that's a pick where I feel like a lot of people should have seen coming just because of the style of play, and he's going to be able to, in a pass-happy offense, get catch a lot of balls. And Andy Reid even compared him to Brian Westbrook and said he might even be better than Brian Westbrook. And as we know, Brian Westbrook had great success in Philadelphia yeah. for many years under Andy Reid. So when you just look at a fit-wise – and kind of a volume-wise as well, I think Edwards Hilaire is going to have 
more opportunities where Dobbins, maybe if we're looking at this next year and he's the RB1 with the Ravens, he could have the more the more upside just because all the attention is going to be on Lamar Jackson. But as we were talking about earlier with Ingram, he's going to still see his fair share of carries. They're going to work Dobbins in. and But Lamar Jackson's still the main guy in that backfield. And I definitely think Patrick Mahomes is going to try and limit his running to ensure that he stays healthy. And that's where check downs to guys like Hilaire is going to come in the clutch, I think so. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. That's what we got for that segment. Uh, we got a few more things kind of looking ahead to next year. So after like the main moves, the main waves of free agency and the draft, who would you who would you slot in as your Super Bowl favorite as of right now? I took the New Orleans Saints. Um, when you look at everything they had, when you when you look at you know um, Alvin Kamara, um, Drew Brees, Taysom Hill. Um, Michael Thomas, you get all those guys, and then you add somebody like Emmanuel Sanders into that, and then you take, and then you've already had a crazy good defense that continually proved that they were incredible. You know, I think the one, the only thing that's going to stand in their way is Sean Payton. Um, a lot of the things have been, you know, the, the coaching has been their problem, and. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I think it's possible. And, um, you know, they've kind of gotten unlucky for the last two years. And I think, you know, those unlucky things don't happen down the stretch. I think they already would have won a Super Bowl in the last two years because they've been so good. And that was before they added somebody like Emmanuel Sanders, especially into that offense. So I definitely think... You know, a few things go their way that didn't in the past. You know, we're talking the Saints are are the world champs for sure. Yeah, I definitely would have picked them as my NFC favorite. But for my Super Bowl favorite, I had the Ravens. Just coming off a year where they were the one seed and where they kind of fell short in the playoffs. But, I mean, that could be credited to Lamar Jackson not having that much experience yet. This will be third year going into the playoffs for him. So, I mean, he's just going to be improving even more off an MVP caliber season. As long as he stays healthy, I think the Ravens should be viewed, even over the Chiefs, as the Super Bowl favorite because they had some big offseason additions where they got Calais Campbell through a trade to beef up that D-line and pass rush. J.K. Dobbins, we were talking about before, gives him another set of fresh legs in the backfield. Patrick Queen, who... Many people thought after Isaiah Simmons was a top linebacker in the draft, he fills that void left by C.J. Mosley, as we were talking about. They had another speedy weapon like Devin Duvernay, you were talking about earlier too. And I just think as a whole roster, they didn't really lose much either. And I feel like adding those new pieces through both the free agency and the draft, that's just going to come all together and kind of propel them. And with a great coach like Coach John Harbaugh down there in Baltimore, that's a team where... Coming off the one seed, disappointing in the playoffs, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Lamar Jackson's already been out to prove people wrong. And that I think the Ravens are coming and they're going to be the number one seed and again in the AFC and kind of carry that momentum through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, that's my pick as of right now. I haven't looked at all the schedules yet, but I would think that that's a safe pick to kind of be the betting favorite. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Ravens are – 
going to have a good chance at it. You know, the with what they did last year, they, they proved that they're up and coming. I think a lot of it, I agree, does have to do with the inexperience of Lamar Jackson. And if he figures it out, I think they're definitely going to have a chance. They're still obviously going to have some trouble with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to be game ready like, they, like they've been the last – last year and so it's going to be I think the AFC overall is going to be I think could be a little bit tougher when you look at the playoffs like when the when the guys get when the teams get in but I think when you look at the regular season I think there's only going to be a few that stand out but then when the playoffs happen you know I think it's going to get for for a conference that doesn't look as good like on paper necessarily I think there's a lot more grit to the AFC than there is the NFC. Yeah, and one other thing I wanted to add, we've seen receivers in their second year, that's kind of where they make their big jump after getting one year under the belt, and Hollywood Brown, a really talented speed receiver like him, I feel like he's going to be due for a big year in his second season coming up. But we'll yeah, move he's... on to our our dark horse pick uh, for the Super Bowl right now, and I'm not very surprised by your pick here. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd call him like a dark horse. I mean, it's a, li- a little biased, but I said the Steelers, when you look at it, you know, like I said, on paper, the, the AFC isn't super strong. There's some teams that are really talented. But when you look at that defense, especially it was a team that went from zero to 100 last year. You know, they were got put like 42-something points up on them against the Patriots and then ended up week 16 being one of the top defenses in the NFL. And then when you look at, you know, being eight and eight for how bad that offense was last year, and they were awful. You know, you get a Hall of Fame quarterback back, and you add a piece like uh, Chase Claypool to somebody who, you know, brings a different style at the wide receiver position than they've already got. You know, they've got more more speed and shorter guys, and now they get somebody who's six four but still has that speed. You know, a lot of guys are. A lot of analysts are comparing him to Calvin Johnson. I don't think he's as good as Calvin Johnson, but, you know, as far as, like, his height and speed, that's, like, like what they compare him to. And I think if Ben stays healthy, they have the pieces to do it. And I think, and that's why I took him as a dark horse because, you know, if something goes wrong, season's done for them. They don't win. But if Big Ben stays healthy, they have just as much of a chance to make it happen because last year um, Lamar Jackson's worst game was against the Steelers' defense. He threw, he threw three picks, got sacked a bunch of times, had, I think, two fumbles, one he lost. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, that edge. And I think that's where the Steelers can maybe shake up Jackson, where a lot of other teams might not. Yeah, I agree. When it comes to the Steelers having a – they're kind of bringing back a team that played pretty well without their – we're in position for uh, the playoffs without their quarterback. So – and – one thing that you, you didn't hit on, I thought you would, the addition of Eric Ebron at tight end, too. Oh, yeah, Ebron. That's, that's a big pickup. And Claypool is one of those guys I really like throughout the whole draft process, and I, I didn't really see his name that much in round two mock drafts, um, but I had him up there. I had him to the Colts as, like, the first pick of the second round, but he kind of fell, or the second pick of the f- second round, but he kind of fell to that the middle area and I think the of the second round and I think the Steelers got a very good value pick and I think his best days of football are ahead of him when we look when we look at the Steelers teams over the year they never really have that big red zone guy and I think Claypool could be that and another big guy who can jump 
Trying to get the ball with Ebron, too. I mean, Big Ben is going to have some good weapons uh, in the red zone at his disposal. Did they, did they take a running back in the draft? Yeah, they took um, uh, McFarland from Maryland. I think he's okay. another another yeah. guy that could, um, you know, add to that backfield because, you know, he's James Connors had a few injuries. So I remember um, doing, looking up stuff before the draft, and his best game actually – was against Ohio State, so I mean, playing with guys or NFL caliber players on that defense, he broke like a few t- long touchdown runs. So, I think that's a big thing in the NFL, kind of having a complementary piece to your running back. And when you look at Connor more of the power downhill guy, when you add McFarland in the backfield, Steelers are going to be uh, in pretty good shape, I think. It's just, are they going to be able to get past the Ravens? And now that the Browns added some protection up front for Mayfield. We'll see what they can do with all that talent. But my pick was the Broncos, uh, just because I think as the year went on and Drew Locke kind of got more comfortable, he solidified himself as the Broncos quarterback going forward. And I think as he goes forward this year, he's going to just develop more. They got him Melvin Gordon to pair with Phil Lindsay in the backfield. Drafted Jerry Judy slash KJ Hamler. So that's another two great uh, pickups in the draft where you get a deep speed guy and then you get more of a route runner who's good with the ball in his hands. That's a team with a lot of speed. They picked a tight end who ran like a 4-5. I was hearing they got another tight end early in the draft last year, Noah Fan, who's another speed guy. So they're kind of building their offense up with some speed. They have a great defense already and a great defensive-minded head coach in Vic Fangio. So that's a team that to look out for. I mean, the one... Area of concern is definitely up front. Uh, they're on their offensive line. That's an area where the weakness of their team. So, and if Locke gets hurt, kind of with Joe Flacco out the door, we don't really know who's going to be stepping in for him. So, their team would definitely has there some uh, question marks. But we've kind of seen over the years. I mean, it kind of just reminds me of the Eagles, where all right, Drew Locke going into his second year, kind of like Carson Wentz was. Vic Fangio going into his second year like Doug Peterson was. Add some more pieces to the uh, roster and kind of see a team that takes like a giant leap ahead. So the Broncos kind of remind me of that Eagles Super Bowl team from a few years ago. I don't know if they're that good. But one thing that I think they have going against them is I think the AFC West might be the best division in football. I mean, the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers, I think, will all be competing with the Chiefs for playoff spot, especially now that you got the seven teams they're, all those teams are going to be in it till the end, I think. I mean, the Chargers are just one of the best rosters in the league, and they just can never stay healthy. Raiders are just keep getting better. Like I'm saying, the Broncos, and then you got the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs and the Chiefs. So that's going to be a very competitive division. But I like the Broncos to kind of be a team that, I don't know, Super Bowl kind of team, but I think a team that surprises a lot of people can maybe make the playoffs and win a game. Yeah, I definitely you know, think – they have a good chance of surprising people. When you look at just the Broncos period, you know, you think back to Tim Tebow, you know, a guy who came in, you know, as good, as good as he was at the time, they didn't, they had some good pieces, but they didn't have a lot, you know, they, and he was able to take them to not the Super Bowl, obviously, but a play, but a playoff contention, won a game in the playoffs. And um, when you look, when you, yeah, we're not going to talk about that, but um you know, when you look at that Broncos team, I think you can, especially the offense, you can, and then you compare it to this offense. This offense is is definitely by far better, like you said, with the speed, at the, especially at the tight end position. Then 
you get Melvin Gordon and um, you know his his great his greatness that he's proven uh, from the Chargers. Then you get Judy and Hamler. So, and then they've already established how good their defense consistently is. So I think I think I like I like your pick there with the not Super Bowl ready, but definitely they're going to su- surprise some people and maybe get their way in the playoffs and maybe win a few games in that. All right. Uh, our last thing for the night, uh, which team do you think will be picking number one overall next year? So when I'm saying that, um, that's like not including like a trade or anything. Just what team do you think is going to have the worst record and get the first pick? Um, I'm, I mentioned this team, I think, when we first, when we first started this, but um, I, I'm saying the Jaguars. When you look at you know what they've done so far this this offseason they they traded away their quarterback who they just got might I add you know they obviously didn't didn't like Foles very much and they've continued to get piece like give pieces away very similar to kind of like the Dolphins did you know like they the Dolphins were very willing to you know trade away guys and I think I think a lot of the Jaguars guys also left in free agency but when you look at all those guys leaving and not bringing back superstars or trying to sign any superstars. You can, you obviously tell that they're just kind of looking to rebuild. And I think in, I think when you look at it, you know, like we compared them to the Jaguars kind of, they're just kind of accepting defeat. Like I was saying with the Patriots earlier, you know, they're just going to, I think it's going to be a race for who gets, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to take like a dolphin style and, you know, completely rebuild, and and that starts with the number one pick and getting Trevor Lawrence, getting their quarterback. Because I don't know, I think they have enough enough faith in Minshew to do the job this year. But obviously, I don't think that he's their guy going forward. I think they're trying to go for Lawrence next year at number one. Yeah, I that was one of the teams I was definitely considering here. They're they're a team who's definitely in a, a rebuild mode, and I like some of the pieces they added in this draft, but. Their team, especially if they get rid of Leonard Fournette, I don't even know who their starting running back would be to give yeah. Minshew some running support. So they're a team who's got some nice young pieces, but I don't think they're going anywhere. And in the AFC South with the Titans, who are going to be strong again, an improving Colts team and a Texans team who who knows what we're going to get from them, but they still got Deshaun Watson, so anything could happen down there. But my pick was actually Chicago Bears. Uh, I just think... A team that went from twelve and four two years ago to eight and eight this past year. They're kind of a team that just fell off. Uh, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, who Mitch Trubisky has improved to be a consistent quarterback. Nick Foles, where it seems like anytime he's outside of Philadelphia, either gets hurt <laughs> or sucks. So he kind of has that going against him. They don't really have the starter, and one of the old old saying is like, if you got two quarterbacks, you don't really have one. So. And they don't have a lot of intimidating weapons on offense. I think their defense is pretty strong, but they're not a team that, I mean, I feel like I like their coach, Matt Nagy, but I feel like they're a team that doesn't, it's not going to really scare people. And with the Packers in the NFC North, the Vikings are going to be strong again. And the Lions seem kind of like they're on the come up. They got a lot going against them. And I feel like if they start off slow and both Foles and Trubisky are struggling, they might kind of mail it in. I'm, maybe even just stop playing hard and kind of like look forward to next season and be like, all right, there's no real point on uh, winning like these 
bullshit games kind of when we have Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence sitting at the top of our draft board and we got to set ourselves up to get one of them. So they're definitely a team I could see who were all surprised that was really good a few years back, but then kind of falling apart and seeing the, the fall of Matt Nagy and the end of that era in Chicago because their GM's on his last leg too. So there could be a whole new regime starting over in Chicago next year. And I think getting the first overall pick is definitely a possibility for them. Yeah, I mean, if if you didn't have them down, I was saying the Bears too. So, you know, I, de- I definitely think they're falling apart. I like your point about if you have two quarterbacks, you don't really have one. Um, I mean, neither one of them have have proved to be any sort of consistent. When you look at Mitch Trubinski last year, you know, he was throwing more balls in the dirt than to receivers. So, and like you said, without Nick Foles, the only time he's ever played any good was when he was in Philly. So, you know, that as far as that offense is concerned, I don't think that offense is going to do quite anything. I think they're just going to continue to fall apart. And then when you look at that defense, they've got a few good pass rushers. But other than that, you know, they don't really have a lot. So I think they're going to be trying to start rebuild mode next year with, um, with like, like you said, whether it be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So. For sure, I think it starts with the quarterback position next year in the draft. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, looking forward to to next season. Hopefully, we get we get some training camp uh, updates coming up with the whole virus and everything. We don't know what's going on, but hopefully, stay positive and uh, keep some football in our mind going forward. Uh, so I'm going to try and post some more podcasts and some articles coming up, just regarding kind of. Looking ahead to next year, and this kind of wraps up the off-season stuff for us. But thanks to everyone for for listening. Uh, if you like what you saw, like, subscribe, and thanks for hopping on, Tyler. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man.